0: right side. Yes! Yes!
1: Has your mental health ever suffered because of the Green Bay Packers, then this is the show for you. Welcome to Today in Titletown, the safest space for Packers fans. My name is Griffin. You can follow me on Instagram at AllDayPackers, and I'm joined by my co-host Braun, who you can follow on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers, and we're back with another podcast with plenty of voicemails to go through. If you listened to the last episode of the show, where we reviewed very in-depth the Packers' seventh loss of the season to the Tennessee Titans on Thursday Night Football, that podcast came out, I believe it should have came out uh, when you're listening to this, it would have been two days. Ago, but we spent about an hour digging into that game, giving our reactions. Now we're back with the midweek show, which is all about your guys' takes and your guys' opinions and your guys' questions. And we have a phone number set up if you didn't know, the number is 920 430 0711. And if you want to, you can call that number, leave a voicemail, and there's a good chance that you're going to get on the show. So we have plenty of voicemails to go through and plenty of really great, really funny voicemails talking about all sorts of things about the Green Bay Packers. Joe Barry, the receivers, we've got some people who really showed some emotions because a lot of these were directly after the game that these voicemails were left. So, Bron, how are you, buddy? Are you excited to dig into these voicemails?
2: Yeah, Griff, under different circumstances, I would definitely be even more excited, but this will be fun still, and we have a lot of passionate fans on this show and in the Packers fan base as well, so it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to kind of dissecting those and the topics that you, the fans, want to talk about, and Griff, we're going to get into those and watch some of these Packers fans let it all out with us.
1: Let it all out. That is the that is the tagline of this show. So if you if you weren't aware, we had another podcast called Packers Therapy and we have uh, merged that with Today in Town. So now we only have one show, but what we're gonna do is we're gonna do two shows a week. One is if you've been listening to, day, to Today in Titletown for a long time, it's gonna be the same thing where we just break down the game, you know, we, we dig in, we break down all the position groups, what went wrong, and all these losses is what it's been lately. And then we're gonna do the second show a week, which is just gonna be what we were doing on Packers Therapy, which is taking in voicemails. Eventually, we're gonna get to setting up an email, so stay tuned for that. But right now, all we have is that phone number. So once a week, we're going to listen to all of your guys' voicemails and pick our favorite ones and uh, go through them here on the show. So why don't we get into it here, Braun?
2: Really quick, though, Griff, I do want to mention that we did receive a ton of voicemails. So many. We were blown away by the amount that we got not only after the game, but throughout the week as well. That We didn't even get to listen to some of them So we, we went through as many as we could And we put some of them on here But we do want to stress that we really appreciate everybody who called in And please continue to do so Because we'll be doing shows like this every week after every game So there will be plenty more opportunities to get on with us
1: Yeah, I think I think part of the reason that we have so many voicemails Is due to the fact that it was on primetime It was Thursday Night Football A game we were all excited for Coming off of a win I mean, let's be honest, Bron This was maybe our most disappointing game of the season you know it we didn't we've looked worse this season than we did on Thursday night but in terms of like playoff hope like our playoff hopes were higher coming into that game than they have been in a pretty long time that win over the cowboys really had me thinking i think it had a lot of packers nation thinking that this team was ready to make a run and they could at least get the win on a short week at home against the tennessee titans who were so banged up and unfortunately they weren't able to do that and i think we see a lot of a lot of the effects Um, Of that game in these voicemails, including this first one. So let's go ahead and cue this one up, Ron
3: Hello? Um, I don't know if you guys can
0: hear this or not, but What the hell is going on with the team, man? I mean, come on. You made me go to parties on a Thursday What is this? Rogers, get here. What the hell? What happened to uh, the Green Bay Tigers? How did you lose to the Tennessee Titans? Though.
1: Yeah, that that reaction I think sums up a lot of how Packers fans were feeling after that one, right Bron? I mean, this this one you can tell it came in right after the game ended on Thursday night just about and uh, I think that's I think that's how we all felt. Bron, we wanted to do a thing, you know, starting last week with the win over the Cowboys, we wanted to start recording right after the game ends, right? Um, and we couldn't do that against the Titans we were both too sad, I think so we had to take a day to cool off you know but this is this is how this is how much the Packers mean to us. I think that's this sums it up this voicemail right here It makes him go party on a Thursday night
2: <laughs> yeah that was uh that was certainly something and we appreciate hearing uh the screaming from Packers fans <laughs> because we want your voices to be heard even if they're extremely loud. <laughs> Let it all
1: out, man. Sometimes that's how people need to cope. They just need to yell into their phone and (laughs) have a a bunch of other Packers fans listen to it. So thank you for that voicemail. We do appreciate it. But uh, on to the next one.
3: I'm frustrated beyond belief. The fact that the Packers have some of the best man-to-man corners in the league and we simply refuse to put them on press coverage or to simply just... Play them at least five yards off the line. It's just so ignorant and so frustrating. Uh, the fact that we also can't contain edges. I mean, we did a good job tonight, but overall, it's just when we play any other team, we just cannot contain edges or gaps in the run game. It's frustrating, makes me mad. Uh, and the Packers just offense just doesn't seem like they know what they're doing when it comes to route running when Aaron gets outside the pocket, scramble drills, et cetera. And, you know, the only guy who seems to kind of have some, you know, resemblance of understanding is the rookie, Christian Watson, which is just frustrating. Alan Lazard jogging on plays. Sammy Watkins does not look like he knows what he's doing on any route. And Aaron Jones, you know, I know everybody's saying we want to run the ball more, but the conditions are awful. Uh He banged up his, you know, hamstring. It looked like grabbing it on one play. You know, he got hit in the arm on one carry, which caused a fumble. And overall, he's just, you know, he's, he's a skinny dude. He's a light dude. And so when it comes to that team who's going to, you know, try to make you run it down the throat and into the, you know, inside of the defense, very hard when you know to run it Um, you know I think they did an okay job when it comes to pass like pass pro it could be better at the same time you know Rodgers obviously did not look like himself at times but overall he looked pretty efficient we just needed like to click it's, it's like we're almost there we're almost there we're almost there but then we sputter every single time when we need it so yeah Thank
2: you. Thank you so much for that call. We appreciate it. Um, yeah, so with the weapons and, and the situation there, obviously Christian Watson has emerged, right, Griff? And that's been great. He had the five touchdowns and four-day stretch, which is incredible. But it, it really is just like who else is out there that can make a difference for us right now? And the problem is I think about when we had Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones on the same offense with Aaron Rodgers, and it's just like, that's what won us games. That's really what was winning us games It was on the offense. big three, man. That was it the really Miami was.
1: Heat. Bosh, Wade, and LeBron. It was Adams, yes, Rodgers, and Jones, man. Like, just yes. top five at all three positions. That was it right there. How could we not get a ring out of that?
2: That, and, oh, that was... I really would do anything to get Devontae back at this point, but the reality is that's not an option right now, so... The only thing we can do is try to hope that we can get some kind of semblance of a receiving core together start, as soon as we can, whether that's trying to muster up a run this year because we do have six games left and we have to keep the faith until there's nothing available for us to go get because we are the Green Bay Packers, we do have Aaron Rodgers, and as long as until those two things Until mathematical
1: elimination, that's when yes, we give as up.
2: Long, as long as those two things are true, we're the Green Bay Packers and we have Aaron Rodgers, until those things become false... We have a chance at this thing. So to me, we have to try to find some semblance of a receiving core, but where do you look after Christian Watson and what you can do with Aaron Jones? Because A.J. Dillon has not been good enough in the running game, so they need to continue to rely on Jones. And then Watson is a crucial part of what we're doing moving forward. Samari Torre, we talked about this on the last show, Griff, I think he needs to get more reps because he clearly has some kind of ability to separate and we've seen him get open before. I'd like to see him get on the field a little more. Romeo Dobbs we've seen get open as well at times, although he's been you know, hurt for one, which is the main issue, but also he's had some issues with route running and things like that. So if these guys can come in, hopefully Romeo can get healthy quickly. It would be nice if he could play against Philadelphia. I'm not sure if that's gonna happen, unlikely apparently, but once we can get this core together, we, he talked about Lazar jogging on plays and Griff we've talked about this before but that seems like Allen's speed I don't think he's jogging that's I what's think he's sad just slow it's that's not a lack reality. of effort from Allen no it's not and we know how much effort he puts in because we've seen that and you see that on tape and and over the years what he's done blocking for us has been great but he just is not a fast guy and he's not extremely athletic and he can't jump that high and he just doesn't do some of these same things that you would hope that he could do if he's going to be our wide receiver one. Right. And we, we never want to question his work ethic. We don't want to question the person he is because he was
1: a great role player for several years in green Bay. But the problem is that he's our number one receiver. He's our ex receiver. He's the Devonte replacement in the playbook. And he, we signed him off the Jaguars practice squad. You know, he's a UDFA. Like he has had an amazing career. Given what is expected of a, a UDFA, an undrafted free agent, and we plucked him off the Jaguars practice squad at the end of 2018, it, that was a different coaching staff. It's it's a, it's a miracle, really, that he is still on this team, that he is the number one receiver on this team. But the problem is that he was undrafted for a reason. He was sitting on a practice squad for a reason.
2: He's a role player. Griff, and all that can be true, but it, and it's also completely fair in that same vein to say that he should not be relied upon as our number one receiver. And it, those both those things can be true. And it is, uh, he's just, he's a very good receiver three or four. And he would be, especially when we get into the red zone and what he can do. He scored a lot of touchdowns this year. He's reliable in some areas for sure. But in big moments where Rogers hits him, though he's, he's very often very much covered and Rogers puts the ball in a perfect spot. He's not getting any extreme separation, and that's why he's so good in the red zone because he doesn't need to really, right? That's that's when Rodgers hits him tight. But because he can't do some of those things that you need from a guy like a wide receiver one that we've seen from Devontae and, and just anybody who can play at a high level, he just doesn't have that deep route running to put enough impact on the defense to, to help the offense in any way that's going to tip the scale and help us win football games.
1: No, and we've talked about this a lot, and I, I really do hate dogging on Alan Lazard you know, every single week. But yeah, you know, like I said on the last show, he's kind of our emotional punch- punching bag when this offense sucks. It's like, there's a reason for it. It's the receivers, you know? And uh, Allen is kind of the face of that group right now, which is, in my opinion, a face of the incompetence of the front office in 2022, at least, but goes back many years pertaining to the wide receiver position. But when you're looking at things like playoff hopes, right? Now, Braun, we, like you said, we're never going to lose hope in this team until... Rodgers is gone or until we're mathematically eliminated because there's always a shot, especially in this year's NFC, right? So let's say in a couple more weeks, Christian Watson continues to develop and he continues to keep scoring touchdowns at a crazy pace, right? We get Sammy Watkins off the field because at some point this guy has to start losing snaps because um, if you're wondering if he's really as bad as he looks, he is, yeah. He's he he doesn't do anything on the field. He Braun, I think you would be. Uh, I think you'd be just as functional out there as Sammy Watkins. He really doesn't do I much you. out there. He's, <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> he's uh, he's not a great route runner. You know, he's rarely open. He's not very fast. Did you at just his call age. me
2: old and slow? I did. Yeah, I did, Braun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're getting up there, man. We've been doing this a I'd long time. I like to time. think I'm a
2: little more spry than than old Sammy. <laughs> no, of course we're kidding. But I mean, the thing with Sammy is he's just. I mean, he just sucks. <laughs> it just sucks. Oh my gosh! Well, this is and another guy. I was guy excited about like, that signing.
1: At this stage of his career, he he should be a good role player, man. He should be brought in as a as a role player to be a bench guy who comes in, you know, late in the fourth quarter, maybe or. He comes in on a first down when our top receivers need a break. But no, we brought him in. Maybe maybe Goody thought he was going to be the Devontae replacement. Maybe that's what Sammy Watkins was brought in to do. You know, The truth is there is no Devontae replacement because their answer to losing the best receiver in football was nothing. It was bringing in Sammy Watkins, and that's it. You know, We, we drafted some guys who I guess they expected to have a big role early on, which is very unfair and another conversation in its own right. But in terms of actual realistic expectations, placed placed upon this receiving core, Sammy Watkins is the only guy that they had to have hoped would be able to replace what Devontae brought to the table. And if they were hoping for that, then I'm I'm sure Brian Gutekunst and the rest of the Packers front office is very disappointed because he has not been that. But let's say, back to my original point here, if he begins to start losing snaps, we get Samari Torre back on the field, who looks very raw still, but he is flashed definitely, and he can create separation at the very least. These guys are going to get more comfortable with Aaron week by week. We're seeing it. You know, against the Titans, we were very disappointed after that game because we had high hopes for this team. But the offense looked better in that game than they did in a lot of games this season. They looked better in that game than they did against Washington or against Detroit or some of these really ugly games that we've seen them play. It wasn't all four quarters that they looked good, but especially in the first half, they were moving the ball. And the Titans... Say what you want about their secondary, which was very injured, but they have a great defensive front. They have a great defensive mind in uh, Mike Vrabel, at head coach. He's a great, great head coach, right? And they have a great defensive front, and it's hard to run on them. And just like we saw against the New York Jets, who also have a great young defense, especially in the front end, it's hard to run on these good defensive fronts. It is, and we don't have a very good run-blocking offensive line. We found that out very slowly, but surely this season, um, they're not very good at creating lanes in the running game. And against good defensive fronts, it's, the run game is going to be non-existent, and we have to rely on the passing game. And right now, at this stage, the passing game isn't good enough to rely on. But there is hope. Not much. You know, I'm probably going to look stupid when we're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs with four wins in Week 15. But if you want to have hope, there is hope that this passing offense is going to get it together. And we're going to begin to play teams where we can create more on the ground. And then, just like we saw against the Cowboys, that was the perfect offensive formula for this year's Packers team, I think.
2: All right, well said, Griff. With that, I guess we can just head right into the next voicemail because you kind of covered it all there.
1: Yeah, that was a great voicemail. He he, pretty much covered everything wrong with this team, I would say. So thank you so much for taking the time to send that voicemail in. But, yeah, let's go to the next one here.
0: Hey,
3: sorry about my friend, but this team makes us drink on Thursdays so, now. And all I got is, I mean, you know, Rogers is the guy. We're not getting rid of him. But Watson's a dude. Joe Barry needs to be fired. That's the end of the story. I mean – Ryan Panhill's going for 320 yards. It's not okay. I want to
2: apologize to my friend quick. He's right here. Queen Bay Packers! Uh! Is he talking about the first guy? Is, is, he, is this guy friends I with think the first guy? Is the, I think
1: in? that was the friend of the, the first voicemail that we went over. You know, the very sober wow. individual. <laughs> yeah, I think I they're
2: go. both completely no blood alcohol content. 0.0.
1: <laughs> 0. 0.0 Partying on a Thursday night That's what the Packers will do to you Once you get emotionally invested So uh, thank you to both of you for, for calling into the show Taking time out of your night But uh, we're going to go to the next voicemail here
4: So this is Christian uh, I, currently, I live in Tennessee And uh, like everyone's just hitting on my line Crying on me Because like We've just lost the Titans So everyone's on my ass But like I've been a fan since 2012 and like this about a year or two after we won the Super Bowl and then just 2014 NC championship 2016 NC championship game 2020 2021 same results we just we lose and our defense tonight just like we have so many playmakers but they want to make the big play that they don't play as a team we have Kenny Clark. We have Rasul Douglas, who's got a pick tonight. Jair Alexander. We have all these studs but they they just don't know how to play as a team. And Joe Barry is just he's terrible. He's Tom Capers, 2.0. Adam Stanovich is not the answer at of offensive coordinator. Both of them need to go. I think there is some confusion with Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers calling plays. I think we're having a little bit of a Mike McCarthy moment right there where they're both giving play calls. Aaron Rodgers should make, make the calls. He's been in this league 18 years, and he's not, like, how does he not have full control of the offense at this point? But my biggest fear is that we won't win a championship in my lifetime. Now, hopefully I live a long time, but 10 years as a Packers fan, it's just been brutal pain. And I think we're we're spoiled a little bit because we have such a winning culture, but now it's – we're – it's almost rebuild season. Like now the questions arise as, do we start Jordan Love? What do we do with Aaron? I think Crosby needs to go. He doesn't have a leg anymore. I think it's just time to rebuild. But I just wanted to rant. I'm really pissed off. (laughs) Thanks.
1: Well, Christian, thank you so much for calling in. I mean, living in Tennessee after a night like that, probably not very fun, but uh, yeah, you made a lot of great points, a lot of relatable things. You know, talking about, thinking about the Packers not winning a Super Bowl in my lifetime. Obviously, it sounds silly because, you know, Bron, we're we're both young. You know, I haven't been a fan for very long. You know, they've been a contender every single year that I've been a fan. But um, every year that we lose, and you know, including this year, if you want to call this season dead yet, which I think is a little bit too early, but if you want to call this season dead, it's like every single one of these seasons just sucks because it's like, when is it going to be our turn, you know? And it's kind of stupid because in the grand scheme of things, we won a Super Bowl in 2010. That's a lot more recent than most other NFL franchises, but we have Aaron Rodgers, and we thought... That we were going to win a Super Bowl by now. In 2014, I was in 7th grade. That lost to the Seahawks in the NFC Championship game. I was in 7th grade. I remember thinking, yeah, we're going to have a Super Bowl win by the time I'm out of middle school. And then in high school, I'm thinking, yeah, we're going to have a Super Bowl win by the time I'm out of high school. And now I'm in college. And I'm going to graduate college before we get a Super Bowl. And so that's what really sucks, man.
2: Yeah, Griff. I was lucky enough to be able to watch the game when we won in 2010, which was really special. But... It is. It's been a long ride since then. I guess you don't really appreciate it when it's that first one. You don't always appreciate as much because you don't know what it's like to go without it after you've gotten that feeling. And all you want to do is get that feeling of that championship win back that Super Bowl victory. That's all you want, and you crave it, and you miss it, and I want it more and more every day that we don't have it, and it pains me each time we (laughs) take a loss in the regular season, and it kills me when we take losses in the playoffs because I know what it's like to win, and I haven't felt that in however many years it is now, 11, 12, 13, 18, 20. I hope it doesn't get to that, but I am just every day goes by. All I want is that Super Bowl trophy in Green Bay again and it is so painful, but every day is part of the journey to when we do eventually get that trophy with Aaron Rodgers, hopefully as the quarterback, and going all through all of that again, and it will be so worth it. It, All these downs, all these lows, these, these bad moments, if we can get that trophy back in Green Bay, the Vince Lombardi trophy, it will be just part of the journey, and it will all be so memorable, and It'll all be worth it. That first Super Bowl, like,
1: that team was so young. You know, like, Rodgers was so young. You thought you were going to have Rodgers for a million more years and a million more Super Bowls. And that core group of guys, everyone first of all, the roster was loaded with talent, so much talent and so much young talent with the mix of good veteran guys like a Charles Woodson. But you had Jordy Nelson, who was young, really just starting to hit his stride. You had Greg Jennings, Donald Driver was still on that team. Rodgers, like I mentioned, the O-line was young and very good. Now, I, I was, I sadly didn't know what a first down was when the Packers won that Super Bowl, was not yet a fan but um, I, I know how people must feel, you know, and I, I feel for Bengals fans who they lose in the Super Bowl last year and they're probably thinking like, okay, we got Joe Burrow for a million more years. We're gonna get back to another one of these and we're gonna win one. And the same thing goes for the Chiefs too. The Chiefs, like everyone thinks that eventually Pat is gonna Pat Mahomes is gonna retire with like three four rings, but that's not a guarantee because we thought that of Aaron Rodgers as well, you know. So in th- the fear of mine is that what if we turn into a team, Post-Aaron Rodgers, what if we turn into a team like the New York Jets or the Cleveland Browns? And like these teams, yeah, you can always rebuild as an NFL team. Rebuilding is always an option. But how often does rebuilding actually result in a winning team? Not very often. Think about how many times the Jets have rebuilt their team or the Browns or the Jaguars or some of these poverty franchises go through rebuilds every five years just to get another four-win team and a bad quarterback. Like... It's hard to win in the league, and we have a quarterback right now, and I think we have a good coach, I think we do, and we have a lot of good guys, so every year that we don't win a championship with this
2: team, it hurts so bad. And like I mentioned, having Aaron is like a ticket to the playoffs pretty much every year, if you have any competent level of offense and defense around him, and this year we don't have that obviously. But the way it's been for us, we're in that conversation every year. And and the reality is the more opportunities we don't get to be in the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback or the more opportunities we have when we do get in the playoffs and lose, those hurt more and more every year. And I said this on the last show, it's just so painful because you don't know how many more of these Aaron has left with us. And that's why we really need to capitalize on what we have with him right now. And a lot of these core guys we have on defense and – it just it doesn't make any sense and Devonte, when he was here but like now we decided that we we're gonna just relent to him and trade him instead of trying to keep him and get him back into the fold we were so quick to relent and that's a mistake as well and that's the fact that i don't want to get into this again griff but the fact that we were just so quick to trade him and and didn't do everything we could to try to keep him in green bay is part of the reason why we're in the position we're in If we try to bring him back in the fold the same way that we did with Aaron, maybe he stays around. Maybe we show him—we give him what he wants. The money was there, obviously. He needs more. Maybe we tell him—we show him what Jordan Love can do, or or we promise him that, like, we're going to go and attack the quarterback position when Aaron does go so that we have a top quarterback. Maybe we trade for a veteran or whatever. Or, you know, we don't know how long Aaron's going to play, and we really don't know. So it's, it's I just wish they would, would have tried much harder and, and almost even forced his hand because when it comes to playing, Devontae was going to play for us with Aaron Rodgers and and it would have been magic, as always, and, and I would have taken that risk as opposed to just letting him go for first-round picks that we don't know what to do with.
1: While we're on this topic, Braun, you think they could have maybe, like, maybe we could have told Devontae, like, no, we're not going to trade you. Sorry, buddy. We're not going to trade you. You're too good. Um, but in a, a big concern of Devontae's was you know Aaron Rodgers' longevity. He's been throwing around the word retirement a bunch these past couple of years. Maybe you make him a promise that, okay, why don't we bring your buddy Derek Carr over here? Maybe that's something they could have thrown on the table. Maybe Derek Carr would have wanted to play for us once Aaron retires. You know, or, That's a thing.
2: Maybe they considered it. Or maybe they say to Devontae, we're going to keep you here as long as Aaron's here, and then if you want to go, we'll trade you. That, why don't they right, sign yeah, into to the right, extension right, right. then? And that doesn't make any sense to me again. So they, they should have worked something out. And that, that seems it's like the most like... logical thing, right? That to, to say, like, listen, we will, if Rogers leaves at some point oh, when your contract is still with us, we will trade you if you still want it. And if you, don't, if you don't like the way we attack the quarterback position, whether it's the draft or whatever, and you'd prefer to go somewhere else then, we will let you. But we will keep you in Green Bay now and until Aaron Rodgers leaves because we want to win a championship and we know you want to win a championship. And that's the best thing for all parties. Devontae is now sitting on a 3-7 and seven football team. The Packers are 4-7. and seven. Everybody sucks and everybody hates it. It's a lose-lose trade. It's not like the
1: the Raiders blew us away with an offer that we couldn't refuse, man. It was a first-round pick and a second-round pick. Like, first of all, you couldn't have asked for more. Brian, you couldn't have asked for a little bit more? How much would the Raiders have given up for Devontae Adams? He is their entire offense right now. He is their entire offense. They've been talking about bringing in Devontae. Derek Carr has been lobbying for Devontae Adams for how many years? Some would call it lobbying. I would probably call it tampering. But they wanted Devontae badly. You don't think they would have sent more than just the first and the second? I feel like they would have. But I don't know. Something about Brian. I just don't think. I think he heard first and second. And it's like, okay, yeah. Yeah, we'll take it. I think we could have gotten more for Devontae Adams. What are we even talking about anymore? This voicemail did not even mention Devontae Adams. But this is where we're at, Braun. I miss Devontae. He is their entire offense right now. They suck, but he is
2: their entire offense. I really miss him, too. And the worst part is, like, Brian thinks he knows what he's going to do with these first and second round picks, and then how do we replace? He, he took the, the exact report was that we got this first and second round pick instead of maybe a first pick this year and a first pick the next year, right? We went with the first and second in this same draft, this past draft, because we wanted to attack the receiver position right away and replace Devontae right away. And we did that by in the first round with our two first-round picks we had, drafting a linebacker and a D-tackle that doesn't play. So, thanks, Brian. (laughs) Yes! Yes, we did it! (laughs) Oh, Brian. Oh, my God. And you can't, like, I don't think you should
1: attack the draft, as in we need to address this one position, and we're going to draft, you know, we're going to overdraft Jahan Dotson in the middle of the first round just because we have to come out of here with a receiver, you know, but... Uh, I think they could have done, they could have sent up a trade, like how many trades did we see in the first round of this year's draft? A million, They traded up in the second round for Watson, but even that trade was like, okay, maybe you didn't have to do that. Maybe you didn't have to trade up for Christian Watson because there were other players at the time available, you know, like the second round talent in this year's draft was not like it was in the first round, where in the first round it was a bunch of receivers like Alave and Jameson Williams, Garrett Wilson, like a lot of these guys were projected to go early in the first round. And then there was kind of like the second tier, and there were still a lot of guys in the second tier of the receivers available when we traded up for Christian Watson. So I don't know why that's the trade they would make, you know? But uh, this is like, uh, this is, first of all, a months old conversation, and maybe a a few months too early, because there is football
2: left to be played. They don't trade for another veteran receiver with those picks. They get those picks, and we're sitting here in a position where we're not in a spot where we can win football games or we're not going to make the playoffs unless something dramatic and a miracle happens and this is what you do when you're relenting and you're willing to give up a player of that caliber, you gave up this season, basically, because they couldn't replace Devontae. Regardless of what they said about it having to be a collective effort or whatever, it wasn't the case. It was clearly not—it was never in the cards. And now this season is nearly lost. It, it, so Losing one more game, that's pretty much it. And, and now we're in a position we need to completely revamp the room next year, and we need to get some kind of talent from a veteran standpoint— to, to just get back to an offense that's competent enough. We had Devontae Adams, and we still didn't have the pieces in terms of a number two receiver, a number three receiver, even, because that was Alan Lazard, who we're complaining about still to this day. And the defense still has enough issues that we continue to be questioning whether we should fire our defensive coordinator on a yearly basis. I'm just sick of all these things that continue to go on, and we need changes quickly in all those spots in order for us to contend next year when Aaron Rodgers hopefully comes back and whatever else we have left with him because time is running out. And do we have the guys in the front office, the coaching staff, to be able to get this thing done and win a Super Bowl? And how much more time do we have before those changes won't even matter?
1: Yeah, that was really well said, Ron. We don't, we don't have a lot of time left, sadly. That's the sad truth. Um, thank you, Christian, for sending in that voicemail. A lot of great points you made. Uh, on to the next voicemail here. Howdy, fellow Packer fan.
0: Um, I'm going to let it all out. Joe Barry. He's a piece of shit. Does not know how to call A defense, he is horrible. You have the best corner in the game. It's not just this game, not just the Titans. He's fucking wasting here. He's going to want to leave. He has the best defense on paper-wise in the league and is not knowing how to use them. Offense, A R I I love you. Not the best game from Aaron. But Lazard needs to step up. AJ, I love AJ. He's my dog, AJ Dillon. He needs to also step up, not having... Uh, he's not doing great either, but, you know, I'm done. You know, I think we're – if we lose this next game, it's, it's, we're done. You know, we have a bye week. Maybe we can, uh, you know, figure some things out. But another thing, LaFleur, if you're hearing this, Matt, fire Joe. I'm done. I'm done with this Thank you, go Paco.
2: That one was certainly not safe for work. My goodness. Uh, But a lot of people echo your sentiments there. Uh, Thank you for the voicemail. Uh, To me, I think with Joe Barry, the number one thing I always go back to with these D coordinators that we bring in is these guys are so ultra-focused on the scheme or finding the right scheme, the best scheme. To me, if I was going to go in there and coach this defense, I'm going to look at what our players do best and just go out there and tell those guys to do those specific things. We know Jair can cover guys when he's got his mind made up about a certain player. When he, If he was to cover Stephon Diggs for an entire football game, when he starts to get a feel for, for Diggs and just follow him around, there's nobody better in this league than him because he is just too talented, and he's going to lock up pretty much anybody in his path. And it's a lot of the simple things, like we know Preston Smith can really strongly defend the run. So we're going to focus on trying to get these teams to run the ball to that side and let Preston do those things well. And Rashawn Gary, he doesn't set the edge as well, but he can really rush the passer. And Kenny Clark is very good at rushing the passer, but he gets double teamed a lot. And there's there's a lot of things that some of the scheme stuff isn't going to help with. We need to find somebody who is going to do everything in their power to utilize our players to the best of their ability. We Joe Barry finally decided to move Darnell somewhere else, and it looked like it worked a little better in Dallas, and I'm not sure how well he really played versus the Titans, Griff, but, I mean, some of these things, are just, like, very late, and the only reason that they're making moves like this is because... Everybody in the world is clamoring for them, and, and they're just like, Well, nothing else is working. We're going to have to try something. And they finally go make a move like that. We need a guy who comes in here on day one and tells Jair, You're going to run man coverage against whoever their best receiver is because we trust you to do that. And we're not going to just play 12 yards off on every play just because we're scared to let up the big play. When we have that kind of talent, there's nothing to be scared of. Our talent on defense is better than most offenses in this league, and to me, that's true. Go utilize Rasul Douglas on the outside and let him make turnovers and create big plays. And let's let's use these guys, all of them. And I'm not going to keep naming specific guys, but all these guys do things really well. We have so many. We have seven first-round picks on our defense. Go put them out there and let them do what they do well. And we're going to win a lot more than instead trying to pigeonhole them and put them, put these square pegs and round holes, and to me, that's how we win a Super Bowl, is we get a guy who can put our defense in that kind of position with the players we have.
1: Yeah, it seems like Joe Barry tries to treat this as like a plug-and-play type of scheme, where it's like it's almost as if it's treated as Joe Barry's scheme is the highlight, right? Like, Joe Barry's scheme is the X factor of the defense, not the players. And that's a fault on
2: Matt LaFleur. That's a fault on Matt LaFleur, too, because he wanted this scheme so bad that he chose Joe Barry, even though he has a record of 0-16 with the Lions as a defensive coordinator, and terrible, terrible rankings. His best ranking was somewhere in the the late 20s, I think, as a defense, up until he came to Green Bay.
1: And he worked with Brandon Staley and la with the rams which of course brandon staley comes from the vic fangio coaching tree which is um like most teams in the nfl are now running this this like too high safety defensive scheme which all comes back from vic fangio joe barry he brought that to green bay with him um whatever those guys have staley and fangio i do not think barry is uh, made of the same stuff because i mean we've talked about this before braun how many times have you heard like a player go to bat for joe barry Like I I don't know what these players really think of Joe Barry and the way he uses Jair is so frustrating which I think this voicemail pointed out because it's like Barry treats Jair as just another corner in the NFL. Imagine if we did that with Devontae Adams like we just didn't feature Devontae Adams as the best receiver in the NFL. It's like, that's what Joe Barry's doing. He's having Jair play a role. He's having him play left cornerback. He's not Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman was really good at the zone coverage, you know, playing the deep third of the field, staying on the right sideline. Jair can play anywhere. He can play in the slot. He can play on either sideline. He's He doesn't need to be glued to a position. It, just because it's cover four, he's got to play. the that's, that's his position. He's the number one corner. So when we're playing cover four, he's got to play the left boundary, no matter who's out there. If he's covering a running back Oh well, that's that's his that's his role in cover four, you know? Like there's no there's no creativity with utilizing Jair in ways that could really be successful because he is so good it's does does barry even know how good he is it's a very similar conversation to aaron jones on the offensive side of the ball but i think even more so because the offense at least has like made an effort to get the ball in jones's hands these this probably this probably last month of the season but jair we've seen him shadow in a few games he shadowed garrett wilson against the jets but that was kind of it and now we're right back where we started where he's playing nine yards off the ball on third and six and he's covering a tight end just because he's got to cover the
2: number one receiver from the from the left sideline because it's cover four it's so frustrating man you're right griffin and when i when you talk about Devonte, you bring him up and we've talked about this a little bit in previous shows as well this season we moved Devonte around so that we can put him in better positions to succeed but the and that shows that that's a credit to matt lafleur aaron Rodgers, Devonte's creativity at the time when he was with us, and and their ability to be open to utilizing their players in the best spots for them to win. On defense, there is no creativity, there is no open-mindedness. To put Jair in the best spot to win, or to make him travel, to do what he does best, use him like a chess piece, there's none of that. It's it's a scheme-centric philosophy that's going to continue to cost us football games if we keep operating in this way when we had the trio of Zadarius Smith Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary Mike Pettin was creative enough to use some of these guys move them inside create these really exciting pass rushers on third down but he wouldn't blitz right that was the main issue with Mike Pettin he wasn't blitzing and and it's just like some of these things they're they're close Pettin was doing some of those more creative things like that. That was what was exciting about him. But then he wouldn't send these pressures, and then it would be these three-man rushes or just trying to rely on those guys getting home, and there wasn't enough pressure, and he was playing off coverage, and that was the the fall down of, of our defense in those years. We are close. The idea is there, but then the scheme isn't there. Uh, and it's just like the scheme is too scared or it's too passive. Like, we need to find somebody who can do all the right things and just logically put these guys in the best position to win and play with some logic and, and some thought. If there's a third and short, don't play guys eight yards off the first down mark. If there's a third and long, don't press because we want to make sure that these guys aren't going to blow past us on a third and long and, and get the conversion. It's just these simple things. Like, just play with logic, common sense, and then utilize your guys to the best of your ability. And it's going to be hard to not have success and have a good defense when you're playing like that with the level of talent we have on this group.
1: Yeah, that was well said by by you and uh, the person who left the voicemail here. Um, I just wanted to mention that we got a, lo- a lot of the voicemails that we've received were along these same lines, you know, cursing out Joe Barry pretty much. Um, a lot of a lot of Packer fans, not too big of fans of Joe Barry right now. So I think this uh, accurately portrayed the sentiment among the fan base. So thank you for that. But we're gonna go on to the next voicemail here.
0: Why the fuck are we still hanging on to Joe Barry, man? Why? Why? What's the purpose of having this in as our defensive coordinator? If this guy doesn't even know what the fuck is left to right, like he does not know what in the hell he is doing, man. This man needs to just, just he needs to lose his entire job and just waste any bad upon the man. My God, he is horrible, horrible at his job, horrible. Adam Stanovich also needs to go. After the season, this man needs to No, 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 not after the season. Right now, this man, Adam Stanovich, and Gilbert need to get the fuck out. The only two people on our coaching staff that need to stay on this team are Matt LaFleur. And Rick because those two are actually half decent at their job, okay? I'm sorry of all these people saying, Oh, the floor that was terrible, man. It has a lot to do with Adam Stenovich, and Adam Stenovich needs to go, man. He needs to go and as well as Joe Barry. I, I don't even know where to begin with Rogers, man. Rogers has just been oh, all season. At this point, I don't know. We're paying them fifty million dollars. Fifty million Million, man, for him to play like that. I know Jerry Jones just said he's not getting his money worse for Prescott. Are we getting our money worse for Rodgers? Like, what the hell, man? <laughs> Nick and Ben, I will always support this team, but my gosh, man, it is tough. It is so tough right now.
1: Goodbye. There was uh, certainly some emotion on display on that one. Uh, I think we've all been there, Braun. I know you and I have both been there. It's a tough space to be after the Packers lose a game, you know? But uh, (laughs) I think that's that's kind of the point of this show, right? To let it all out, let out the feelings. I mean, rooting for the Packers, man. It's not always easy, but in terms of in terms of what was said here so joe barry yeah uh, we know that packers fans are not happy with joe barry i i believe he's probably going to be out of town at the end of the season maybe before the end of the season if things con- continue to go poorly but uh, i think he's out of here aaron rogers a lot of people are upset with his contract um so the thing here is that his average average per year he is making 50 million dollars per year on average but when you actually look at how the contract is broken down, this year he only has a cap hit of like $28 million. So, I mean, I know a lot of people are disappointed with his level of play, but I think it's safe to say we are definitely getting more than what we're paying for with Aaron Rodgers at this point, especially when you look at what's around him.
2: Griff, we've been through this a bunch this season, but I really don't think Aaron Rodgers nor his contract, which is a lot lower than people think, is the problem with this football team whatsoever. It's the construction of the team and it's the execution of and it's the coaching. Aaron is certainly not playing his best. He has a broken thumb. We've talked about it, but he's the least of my concerns with this football team and I'm almost I almost don't even need to discuss it, I feel like, because I'm not going to sit here and question Aaron Rodgers after a few bad games when he's still a throwing many elite passes and b part of the only reason we've won four games this year. So, I'm not going to sit here and start questioning Aaron Rodgers the 4 time MVP. This is what happens. We beat the Cowboys, everybody's Aaron's back, Aaron's this, Aaron's that, we're going to make the playoffs, this and that. Aaron has a bad fourth quarter with a few missed throws, and he's got a broken thumb, and people are ready to start Jordan Love again after we just went through this a week before. It's like, I'm sick of it. All these fans need to start realizing Aaron Rodgers is one of the few reasons why we have any success at this current state of what we have on this roster from an offensive standpoint. And I think everybody needs to wake up and realize that. I agree with that, but it's always
1: going to be like that, man. The quarterback is always going to get all the credit. He's going to get all the blame. And it's sad that it is the way it is right now, but I do understand people being upset with Aaron Rodgers' play. I mean, that fourth quarter was one of the least clutch performances of his entire career, man. Like, he was just on third down. Two different third downs, he's just missing wide-open guys, man. Like, that was I, – I get why people are upset. But, yeah, I agree with you, of course, Bron. I think that – uh uh, the the reason that the packers have struggled on offense this this season have they don't come down to just Aaron Rodgers okay um but with that we're going to move on to our final voicemail here
0: honestly i i don't even know where to start with this team anymore it has it has been the root of my pain for some time now and i literally i blame it for the reason that i drink i i drink because of the green bay packers like not lying. I'm not lying, I'm not trying to be funny, like, I literally drink because of this team. Every year is supposed to be our year, and it's never our year. It is never our year. Never, ever. We have bad draft picks, Aaron Rodgers is a cranky old man, and that's it. Like, I'm, I'm going to die before I see another Super Bowl. This is just not going to happen in my lifetime. And I'm sick of
2: it. I'm sick of it.
1: Yeah, aren't we all sick of it? I think we're all pretty sick. Sick and tired of being sick and tired, right, Braun?
2: Yeah, Griff, we've been saying that for a while, haven't we? We are just sick and tired of being sick and tired, and it's the truth. Uh, what, what more can you say? Our fans are drinking themselves to sleep here. This right? is it's a, <laughs> a sad situation. It really is.
1: <laughs> it's sad, man. There's a reason the, the Wisconsin leads, this, leads the country in DUIs. It's the Green Bay Packers play there, man. It's a tough team yeah. to root for oh man i i, I get the sentiment though and we want to thank you of course for calling in we want to thank everybody for calling in because these shows are really fun we love hearing your opinions and like we said at the top of the show we didn't even get to 10 percent of the total voicemails that we got there were just so many thank you so much for that if you want to get featured on the show go ahead and call the number 920-430-0711 that is 920-430-0711. 0711. Call that number, wait for the ringing to stop, and then leave a voicemail. And uh, on our next sh- on our show next week, after the Philadelphia Eagles game, we will be going over that those voicemails, the new batch that we get in. So, make sure to do that. Give us your opinions. Give us your takes. Thank you so much for listening. If you've listened this far, we really appreciate it. Make sure to rate us five stars on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening. Rate us five stars. Please send us feedback on Instagram, at today in Titletown. You can follow me on Instagram at alldaypackers. Braun is at lambo.com leapers on instagram and that will do it so once again call that phone number leave a voicemail because we, we really like doing these shows so thank you so much and
2: uh go pack go philadelphia the eagles six games left it's got to start here let's go on a run same time next week